Due to the sensitive nature of today's material, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of violence against children and suicide. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Lu Jingai had prepared for the end of the world, and finally the day arrived. It was December 21, 2012. The Army veteran had spent weeks building a boat to ride out the apocalypse. It was the size of two school buses, and it cost him much of his life savings to create. But if it meant surviving the massive flood he believed the ancient Mayans had predicted, well, it was worth it. But in spite of all his anticipation, on December 21, 2012, the world didn't end. Clearly. You've probably heard of people like Lou. They make the news every couple years, and every time, they're wrong. There's nothing to worry about, and we don't have to be afraid of doomsday. Except in the past decade, plenty of global events have certainly seemed like the end. We've seen locust invasions, natural disasters, pandemic. In light of all these apocalyptic harbingers, it's no wonder some are asking, are we living in the end times? For many, the answer seems obvious. Of course we are. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. The end of the year is approaching, and maybe the end of the world. So for the next three weeks, we're talking about potential doomsday scenarios. We'll explore the ways the Earth might be destroyed, and whether any of us have a shot at survival. Is it time to stock your fallout shelter, flee to another country, or should you simply resign yourself to your fate? Today, we're looking at doomsday prophets throughout history. We'll examine common themes that appear in religious apocalypse narratives and see if the current state of the world was all foreseen millennia ago. Next time, we'll explore a doomsday scenario straight out of a sci-fi movie. An alien invasion. Something many experts say is very likely. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When someone declares the end is near, they tend to be met with skepticism, and for good reason. Throughout history, Doomsday preppers and prophets have had a reputation for being foolish or manipulative. But these days, they seem to be gaining credibility. One Pew Research poll found 72% of Americans believe a major energy crisis is looming. They're in good company. History is filled with people who didn't just think the end was near. They thought they'd pinpointed the exact date. One of the earliest doomsday predictions may have come around 365 CE. At the time, a bishop named Hilary of Poitiers declared the Roman emperor the Antichrist. Poitiers also claimed the world would be destroyed by the end of the year. But January came and went, and the earth was still turning. The bishop died about two years later, his prophecies unfulfilled. Flash forward nearly 1,500 years to the early 1800s, and another religious leader claimed he knew the day the world would end. His name? William Miller. Miller was a Baptist preacher, and he was obsessed with predicting the date of Jesus' second coming. The Bible has several references to the day Jesus Christ will descend from heaven and return to earth. This event is said to correspond with Judgment Day, the end of existence as we know it. Miller believed the date of Christ's return was hidden in secret codes and mathematical formulae within the Bible. For example, one verse, Daniel chapter 8, verse 14, reads, And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. From there, Miller took some logical leaps. He figured 2,300 days really meant 2,300 years, and he interpreted the day the sanctuary would be cleansed as a metaphor for Judgment Day. Miller believed that if he could determine when this verse was written, he could calculate the precise date of the apocalypse. After crunching the numbers, he landed on October 22, 1844. Of course, Miller didn't keep quiet about this discovery. If his fellow sinners realized how soon Doomsday was coming, they could repent before it was too late. So for years, he traveled across the United States warning people of Judgment Day. Miller crossed the country on foot, horseback, and wagon, preaching the message far and wide. But it didn't always go over well. It's estimated that only 10% of his audience believed him. However, that 10% were all in. To guarantee their spot in heaven, many gave up their day-to-day -day lives to prepare for the end of days. It's estimated that up to 100,000 people followed Miller, eventually becoming known as the Millerites. Some Millerites made a big show of their faith, dragging their furniture out of their houses and smashing it with axes, demonstrating to the doubters how confident they were that they'd never return home after the 22nd. 
One man feared that after Judgment Day, there'd be no one to take care of his beloved cows, so he sold them at a loss. Farmers abandoned their fields, thinking there was no need to gather a harvest they'd never get to eat. Others gave away all their possessions, even their homes. When the big day arrived, the Millerites allegedly put on white robes and ascended to the highest elevation they could find. Some climbed mountains or scrambled onto rooftops. Others scaled trees in the dark of the night, waiting for dawn. They wanted to be the first to spot Jesus as he came down from the heavens. That morning, the sun rose, drifting through the sky, marking noon, mid-afternoon, and evening. Then, darkness descended. October 22, 1844 had come to an end, but Jesus was a no-show. If there's one lesson to learn from William Miller, it might be, don't stake your reputation on a prediction with an expiration date. If you say the end is coming by a specific time, and then it doesn't, you'll wind up looking like a fraud. But Chen Hong Min didn't get that memo. Chin emigrated from Taiwan to the United States, where he initially settled in California and Texas. In the 1990s, he founded a religious movement called Chin Tao, which blended Buddhism, Christianity, and beliefs about extraterrestrials. In late 1997, Chen predicted that in March of the following year, God would broadcast a message on television explaining how the end times would play out. A few days later, on March 31st, the Lord would then return to the earth in a spaceship and gather all of the faithful onto his craft. Once they were on board, their Savior would ferry them away to paradise. By then, Chen's movement had attracted hundreds of followers, many of whom prepared extensively for the arrival of God. They even reportedly built a landing strip for the divine alien visitor. But of course, March 1998 ended with no sign of the Lord. A total embarrassment for Chen and his followers. History is full of mistaken doomsday prophets, but some Christians still believe Judgment Day is coming. They just aren't as fixated on when. Instead, they have a more general sense of what the apocalypse will look like. They often base their predictions on the final book of the New Testament called the Revelation to John, or Revelation for short. Many scholars believe Revelation was written around 90 CE, about 60 years after Jesus' crucifixion. The book is full of wild imagery. Monstrous beasts rise from the sea, a dragon fights a war against angels, water turns to blood, and at one point, the book's author describes a burning rock striking the earth just before the sun, moon, and stars go out. No one is entirely sure what to make of Revelation, but believers and scholars alike have tried to interpret it. Many concluded it has nothing to do with the end of the world. Instead, the book may use symbolism to discuss Roman culture and politics in the first century CE. Perhaps its alleged author, John the Elder, didn't feel safe openly criticizing Roman authorities, so he used poetic language to disguise his critiques. 
but others take a more literal approach. They believe Revelation is an actual description of what the end of days will look like, dragons and all. One of the most popular advocates of this interpretation was Irish minister John Nelson Darby. In the 19th century, he promoted a new understanding of Revelation, connecting various words and phrases to end times prophecy. By piecing together scattered verses, several Christian groups have designed roadmaps of the apocalypse. There is no one universal interpretation of biblical end times theology, but there are certain details that are more widely accepted. For example, many believe that all Christians will be called to heaven in the rapture. Today, theologians and scholars use the term to refer to the biblical event in which Jesus' followers ascend to heaven, while everyone else is left behind to suffer. This will be preceded by a time of warfare, plague, and an evil figure called the Antichrist, or the Beast, who will gain power and authority on earth. He will be unjust, tyrannical, and will persecute good and innocent people. The Antichrist will have complete control over the world's economy and will dictate who's allowed to buy and sell. He'll also have some kind of association with the number 666, although it's unclear what this means exactly. Several historical figures have been accused of being the beast, from a Roman emperor named Nero to the 16th century's Pope Leo X, to tech entrepreneur and philanthropist Bill Gates. Whoever the beast really is, prophecy suggests that Jesus will overthrow them and the world as we know it will come to an end. Some religious figures believe the stage is already set for the Antichrist to take command. Thanks to new technologies like smartphones and location tracking, it's easier than ever for dishonest leaders to monitor people and seize power. And then there's the international banks, wireless payment apps, and credit cards. These can all be manipulated to give a single person control over the global economy. The right keystrokes could have instant worldwide impacts. Power like that would have been unthinkable when Revelation was written. All of that, coupled with an increase in catastrophic events, can feel to some like a bad omen. Now, we're not prophets or theologians. We don't know if any of these interpretations are accurate. But if they are, it's worth looking at other apocalyptic texts. Because the Bible isn't the only holy book with end-of-the-world predictions that seem to be coming true. Coming up, a deep dive into doomsday prophecy. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son? They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem 
of a detour. Now, back to the story. Christian soothsayers aren't alone in thinking the end might be near. One study determined more than half of all Muslims living in the Middle East, North Africa, or South Asia predicted they'd see the apocalypse within their own lifetimes. In fact, some Muslims think Jesus' return to Earth is a major sign of an impending doomsday. He's supposed to descend from heaven, battle an evil antichrist-like figure, and set the stage for the end of time, called the hour. While Muslims don't worship Jesus as divine, he is a prophet and important figure in Islam. So it makes sense that their apocalyptic traditions have a lot in common with Christianity. Besides the narratives about Jesus and the Antichrist, Islam also warns of earthquakes, disease, and other calamities leading to the end. And in certain interpretations, both Islam and Christianity have a righteous Savior rescuing God's people, although they differ on who that Savior is. Some Muslims see current events as further evidence of a looming apocalypse. Take one 1999 disaster that happened in Turkey. That year, a 7.4 magnitude earthquake hit the northwestern region of the country, killing over 17,000 people. It struck in the dead of night, just after 3 a.m. The earth only shook for less than a minute, but that was all it took to level buildings and strike fear into the hearts of millions of people in the city of Hagia Sophia, a holy place for both Muslims and Christians alike. Bridges broke apart and tumbled to the ground. Gas lines ruptured. Fires sparked. It took five days for emergency workers to douse the flames. Afterward, the people of Turkey tried to make sense of the destruction. Some blamed officials for poor urban planning. The area where the quake hit had experienced rapid growth in the late 1900s, so many pointed fingers at the builders who constructed such flimsy homes. But one Muslim leader in Turkey proclaimed it was the Muslim people who were to blame, not the infrastructure. For too long, he said, residents of Istanbul and the surrounding area had turned their backs on God. Now they were being punished for their sins. He backed up this allegation by pointing to specific verses in the Quran that warned of a massive earthquake, one that was said to be a precursor to Judgment Day. Islamic tradition details dozens of other events or signs that will come to pass before the world ends. Some of which have already been fulfilled. For example, the Quran predicted Muslims would take over Jerusalem, which happened in the 630s. It also claimed two groups of Muslims would fight a war against each other, possibly a reference to the split between Sunni and Shiite groups. Other proclamations appear to be in progress now. The Quran says the end will be preceded by periods when wise people die and their knowledge is lost, and when earthquakes and bloodshed cause great suffering. Of course, human suffering isn't unique to modern times, and wise people die in every generation. Natural disasters are also happening more often, thanks in part to climate change. As for earthquakes, 
One NBC News report from 2014 found that large quakes had become more frequent and more severe since 2004. But ancient texts aren't the only books predicting world catastrophes. Modern clairvoyance might have foreseen our biggest crisis in recent history. In 2008, author and self-proclaimed soothsayer Sylvia Brown published a book called End of Days, Predictions and Prophecies About the End of the World. The text was exactly what it sounds like, a list of events Brown believed would occur in the future. Within her analysis of ancient prophecies and musings on upcoming spiritual awakenings, one line stood out. It read, In around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. Almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived. The prediction almost came true. As 2020 began, a respiratory illness swept the planet. It's called COVID-19. You might have heard of it. But unlike Brown's prophecy, doctors were able to treat many patients. They even developed a vaccine. And unfortunately, the coronavirus didn't suddenly vanish like she predicted. So Brown didn't quite nail the details, but she captured a lot of public attention. In 2020, End of Days became a hit. At one point, it was the second best-selling nonfiction book on Amazon. But Brown wasn't the only person who claimed the pandemic could be an apocalyptic omen. Buddhist texts refer to a time when people will lose their sense of taste and blades of grass will cut the skin like knives. Loss of taste is one of COVID's well-documented symptoms. As for blades of grass that can cut skin like knives, that sounds a lot like another recent outbreak. In a 2022 segment on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, an anonymous patient suffering from monkeypox said, quote, Anytime I graze something or touch something, it literally feels like someone taking a potato peeler to your skin. Beyond loss of taste or blade-like grass, Buddhist teachings mirror other apocalyptic predictions seen in Christianity and Islam. But Buddhism still breaks from these religions in some pretty major ways. Buddhists say the apocalypse won't be the end, just an ending. Time is a cycle, and when one world ends, it will be replaced by a new one. Then, history will start over again. Hinduism believes something very similar. But if you're curious about what Buddhists believe the end of this existence looks like, there are a few stages. It starts with a global shift from virtue to vice, as people lose the ability to distinguish between right and wrong. Then the oceans will dry up, the sea levels dropping so low that people can walk from one continent to the next. And finally, in the midst of all the chaos, a fully enlightened being called an Ara'ant will emerge, gathering many followers. He'll help them all achieve enlightenment and then initiate a new golden age. The Buddhist texts even give a hint about when this will all happen. 2,500 years after the Buddha, or Siddhartha Gautama, achieves nirvana. 
Many interpret this to mean 25 years after his death. Nobody knows exactly when Gautama Buddha passed away, but historians estimate it was roughly around 500 BCE. Fast forward 2,500 years later, and that means the end of the world is scheduled to arrive, well, right about now. Coming up, what Hinduism has to say about the end. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Now back to the story. Typically, when people talk about global warming, they warn that the oceans will rise. But different regions are affected in different ways. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association, or NOAA, reported that over the past three decades, sea levels have actually dropped in parts of Alaska and the Pacific Northwest. Granted, the water hasn't receded enough for people to walk from one continent to another. So we're not quite in Buddhist doomsday territory. But according to Noah, as the polar ice caps melt, the opposite will come true, and oceans will likely rise around the world. But that's assuming there aren't other apocalyptic factors at play. Factors like a massive 100-year-long drought, which is a feature of Hindu prophecy. When it comes to the end times, some Hindu teachings align with other major religions. In the Earth's final days, people will forget how to be good and evil will rule. And natural disasters like fires, floods, and droughts will wreak havoc. But in Hinduism, a god named Kalkin will supposedly appear to set the world right. He'll carry a sword that blazes like a comet, ride a white horse, and restore order and virtue to existence. As far as we can tell, Kalkin hasn't joined us on Earth yet. But those other apocalyptic signs seem to be underway. In the past few years, severe droughts have broken records in the Horn of Africa, the American West, and southern Australia. Likewise, wildfires are more common and more destructive. And some experts believe floods will become more sudden and severe as well. While the world's different faiths vary in terms of doctrine, their doomsday narratives have striking similarities. You might have noticed some tropes like vice, natural disasters, and injustice. All of these issues plague the world today to a degree and frequency that seems unprecedented. 
Speaking of injustice, income inequality has increased dramatically in the past 50 years. And according to a 2016 New York Times piece, the apparent decreasing strength of democracies around the world has left many experts worried. While vice and moral decline may be hard to quantify, according to a 2022 Gallup poll, more than 75% of Americans think we're losing our integrity and goodness. And as we already mentioned, climate change is driving natural disasters in ways that look eerily similar to ancient prophecies. One in seven Americans interpret these changes in our planet as the beginning of the end. But that doesn't mean we have to resign ourselves to our destruction. Many people in the prepper movement, a term for those preparing for doomsday, believe it's possible to survive an apocalypse, even when created by God himself. Consider Jim Rawls. Rawls and his family live somewhere in the northwestern United States, but they prefer not to say where for privacy reasons. He and others are making a life for themselves off the grid. They plan to ride out doomsday by growing their own food, stockpiling fuel and medical supplies, and even relocating to parts of the world where they'll be shielded from political or natural disasters. Rawls hosts a blog that covers everything from survivalist tips, financial advice, and theological musings. He also makes some odd claims, like that everyone should hoard nickels before the U.S. starts producing them with cheaper materials. Most of all, Rawls warns people that when society falls apart, nobody should count on the government or their community to save them. At best, institutions could crumble due to useless bureaucracy and incompetence. At worst, they could be a threat. His ideas seem to resonate with some faction of the country. According to Crawford Gribben's 2021 book, Survival and Resistance in Evangelical America, a wave of Christians have flooded the Pacific Northwest in the past several years. Many joined off-the-grid communities that live by the same general principles Rawls writes about. Thanks to current events, his blog draws more than 100,000 regular visitors. These people are from many different backgrounds, but they all share a common concern about the end of the world. After all, anyone can benefit from getting ready for the apocalypse. Even if it never arrives, you've at least learned self-sufficiency and how to live a healthier, non-sedentary lifestyle. At least, according to Rawls. But all that constant vigilance against a fiery doomsday scenario can have a psychological toll. In some cases, it pushes people to violent extremes. Take one of the most famous apocalyptic prepper movements in the world, the Islamic State. We don't typically think of the terrorist organizations the same way we do domestic preppers, but at its core, the IS is all about the end of the world. From their perspective, they're battling the harms of modernity by taking us back to antiquity. They've even justified some of their attacks as an attempt to fulfill Islamic end times prophecy. In fact, they believe they'll be instrumental in sparking doomsday, not an accident, but because they want the apocalypse to arrive soon, allowing them to usher in a new order. 
But the IS isn't the only example of apocalyptic obsession erupting into violence. Doomsday predictions have led to bloodshed in the United States, too. Consider Lynn Benedetto, a mother of two who lived in Palmdale, California. When one man predicted the world would end on May 21, 2011, Benedetto apparently grew so fearful about the prophecy that she tried to kill her 11- and 14-year-old daughters before attempting suicide. Thankfully, Benedetto and her daughters all survived and saw how the world didn't end as predicted. But not everyone was so lucky. Three years later, in 2014, a Utah couple killed three of their children and themselves. When police interviewed their friends and acquaintances, they concluded a fear of the end times might have motivated the murder-suicide. And a similar tragedy played out in 2017 when a Pennsylvania prepper fatally shot her boyfriend, believing she was sparing him from the horrors of the apocalypse. These crimes are devastating, especially given that these people died for nothing. They were mercy-killed to escape a judgment day that never arrived. As for any future doomsdays, only time will tell. Until then, we're all just making our best guesses, and sometimes those guesses are wrong. Just ask William Miller or Chen Hong Min. And even if you're right when the end comes, you could mispredict how. After all, death from above doesn't have to come from God. Some of our top scientists fear Earthlings may be sitting ducks for a deadly alien invasion. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back next time, assuming the world doesn't end before then. In our next episode, we'll explore exactly what an apocalyptic extraterrestrial attack might look like. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take We Don't Know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from ParCast, executive produced by Max Cutler. Our head of programming is Julian Boireau. Our supervising sound designer is Russell Nash, with Nick Johnson as our head of production and Trent Williamson as our senior production specialist. Allie Wicker is our supervising editor, and Derek Jennings is our writing lead. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Angela Jorgensen, edited by Connor Sampson and Alex Garland, fact-checked by Bennett Logan, researched by Chelsea Wood, recorded by Freddie Rivera, produced by Travis Clark, and sound designed by Scott Stronick. Our hosts are Molly Brandenburg and me, Richard Rossner. Mm-hmm.